0: Hey welcome back everybody. It's, uh, it's goodlifebabe.com. It's Jeff and Joel's tales from New Orleans. Uh, sorry, the folks, we had a little technical difficulty uh, to how to drop out on Skype, which happened. Um, and we're back. And Jeff, you want to pick it up where we were talking about uh, Michael Phelps and social skills and swimming. And-
1: the, the, the basic crux of the matter is this is that if, if, you, de- if you dedicate your life like these athletes do, To just one thing and I think that they've gotten better with this because they manage the the off time of these athletes better than they used to in the past but I mean Michael Phelps is a little long in the tooth now so maybe some of the the old way of just throwing somebody in the water and making them swim however many meters they make them swim
0: and not really
1: caring about the person's emotional development necessarily as much and just saying swimming is the only thing that matters what happens a lot of times is that these athletes just are not super well-rounded people and they don't interact with other human beings in the way that you and I do. And sometimes you get odd behaviors. I'm not saying that, I mean, Phelps seems to be a congenial person when he comes across on TV, but clearly, and he's admitted this, that he's had issues along the way. And certainly after 2012, and somewhere between 2012 and late 2013, It was kind of the apex of when all that stuff was going on. And then he made his decision. It sounds like he went to counseling. And somebody sat him down and said, hey, look, you're the greatest swimmer in the world. Maybe you ought to get back into it. It's what you do best. Feel good about yourself. And maybe that's what he needed to do.
0: And And he did. Let me bring this back to, like, make America great again bullshit. Is that the changes in the sports you described are making our athletes better. Because they're more right, well, well-rounded. Where we were living in a Cold War where we were in an arms race with the Russians in terms of athletics. And we didn't give a flying fuck what these young gymnasts, swimmers, ice skaters, etc. did outside of just simply performing, right? And there's been an evolution in sports in America. And we're, again, we're fucking dominating, You know, and and so we're getting better, you know. We're getting better because there is, you know, a world peace as part of it, I think. I mean, but to to contrast, you know, the experience that you talked about with Michael Phelps and maybe bring some levity into the subject is I'm currently in the the background is uh, men's beach volleyball and your boy, Dollhauser, the tall, bald kid, who's like, I think about to be the most acclaimed, one of the most acclaimed United States Olympians ever. you know yes, he's won right. so because he's won so many medals consecutively and his favorite and win again. But you think about him growing up, it's like the levity part, it's like, hey, I'm hanging on the beach playing volleyball with my buddy. You know like you're not like Michael Phelps, by contrast, was in a pool, and that's all he did. And it was about a routine, and it wasn't swimming. He was famously pounding twelve thousand calories a day of food in a really like regimented process, you know. And our our beach volleyball sure. boy sure. is like hanging out on the beach with his buddy, and they're talking to each other, and they're giving each other signals, and they're probably hanging out and having beers later,
1: you know. You know, even- and, and then and then and you're talking about maintaining a lead on people all over the world who are difficult to monitor in and of themselves. You're talking about being the best by fucking microseconds, microseconds, and consistently being the best by microseconds. Hundreds of a second oftentimes determine who's the best and who's not the best world record, not world record, whatever the case may be. That sport has definitely got that. It's got the added thing of being a very lonely sport. You, you don't get the kind of human interaction that you do in other sports, even track and field, simply because your head is down in the water. Exactly. For so all that time. Done. And you're just, <clears throat> you, you are it's you against your mind. And for me, <clears throat> that's always made, just in my own experience as well, swimming something of a unique challenge, which is not to put aside any of the other sports at all, but it definitely exists in, on its own plane then, in terms and, of uh, individual sports. And think because, about a
0: child and adolescent growing up with that. So in your developmental right. years, you're And, and, you're and then all those strange
1: people come into your life, and they're putting all these expectations onto you and all this kind of stuff as well. And uh, but But if I could circle the wagon around again... You know, we have this thing that happened yesterday. There's always a brouhaha at the Olympics. There's always brouhaha in sports, no matter what. But one of our athletes won, and she was given a hard time by wagging her finger uh, before the race. In the, you know, it was a qualifying heat, and there's this Russian swimmer, Efimova, who's been cited twice for performance, supposed performance enhancing drugs, and the entire Russian team. Was exposed as having this kind of systemic doping scandal. And uh, I'll just give you a little background on her. One of the ESPN writers came to her defense after this happened, which, and said, and put his own uh, patriotic uh, reputation or whatever on the line. Or he's like, my Patriot card is going to be yanked as a result of this. Because he came
0: to the Russian's defense?
1: Because he came to the Russian girl's defense. And and he's like, "I, I just think that this is unsportsmanlike and it was uncalled for for a variety of reasons. And the first of which is this, is that he gives some background on the girl. He's like, first of all, you have to understand something about this swimmer, is that she was a child when her hometown was being bombed by Putin because she's a Chechen. She, right. Or she grew up in Grozny yeah. and it was being bombed wow. to the ground by right. Putin and his, and his army right. when she was growing up. And she became a good swimmer in the hard-ass Russian club swimming system. And then you're forced... And that maybe kind someone of saved who's been, her life into some degree, right? Probably. It's and, like you're
0: going to swim or you're going to go into the sex trade or...
1: <laughs> I don't know if, I've, if that was her track or not. I just know this, that that... It can't feel good to swim for a country that has bombed your home fucking town.
0: But know that, that you're only out, or again, you're kind of fucked.
1: Well, so he set that backdrop, and then he said, look, here's what happened. She was being ground down by the Russian Federation swim system. And everyone over there recognized that she had this enormous talent and was one of the best swimmers in the entire federation, especially in the the breaststroke and as a sprinter. And just to give you a backdrop of what happens in the Olympics and how much interaction there is in the world in terms of trainers and who trains who and how well these people know each other. Because they are basically splitting apart a lot of times when they go, much like basketball, when they go and play for their home country. Most of the time, these people are like swimming together and they know each other because they meet at these meets but also because there's this training system and everybody knows who the great fucking trainers are. These Russian coaches came to this American coach, this very well-known American coach, and approached him and said, we want you to take her and train her in Los Angeles as a part of the uh, USC program. And he agreed to do that. In January, of, no, it was in January of this year. Anyway, her first violation was this. Um, she didn't know how to speak English well. She likely couldn't read English very well. And apparently she went into a GNC. Right. And there's a, there's a host of some stuff that you can buy that has one hormone thing that's banned on the list of banned substances. Sure. And she bought it. And and she she took it, and it's like they have like a two year fucking ban. that's the death in swimming by the way, if I can just say they have a two year ban, all right and so she tested positive for that and she took her they knocked it down to a year and a, to sixteen months and she took her punishment like a man there's no other way that I can say it all right sure she she just. She stepped up to the plate and she said, I I did what you said. Didn't complain about it, took her punishment, boom. End of story. She couldn't compete for that time. She recovered from that time. And then in January of this year, there's a substance that is used for treating the heart that for reasons that I couldn't really glean through the article because it was a little murky in the explanation. It was banned in January by the Olympics. And they know that it's widely used in Eastern Federation sports. This is before she came over to the United States and started training. Okay? So they also know this, that that substance stays in your system and can stay in your system for up to six months after you stop using it. You can test positive for that. So they banned it, and then they tested a bunch of people two months later, and a shit ton of people came up positive for it. And then all these scientists joined in and said, this isn't fair. You know, you're saying that all these people are doping, but you just banned it two months ago and nobody's taking it anymore, but it's <clears> still in right. the system. So the Olympic Committee went back and revised the ban to say that anybody who falls within a four month window um, would be excused from that. Anybody who fell with it, anybody after that um, would be uh, Uh, would be subject to you know some form of punishment and i think that she fell within like maybe a little bit after that because then some scientists came back and said the four month thing is too arbitrary it can last six seven eight months out from when you you know so they're like so they they lobbied for her and they met and they said we're not going to ban you and you're not you're not accused of using anything and it's been rescinded completely right and you're clean, right? So this is a woman who, you know, by happenstance, uh, made a mistake, served her time, and then after that, um, from all by all by all accounts, did not engage in any kind of doping. And our American representative, doing you know, being the worst kind of American that Americans can be, you know, it's being a smug, privileged asshole. Snot
0: snot hole. snot hole. Nineteen year old millennial. Right. Well, right. look,
1: I, in, in one sense too, the thing is, <laughs> here's the problem I have with it. Everybody knows, and this is where I'm, you know, f- folks, you don't know this because before a couple of days ago, Joel and I were talking about this and got a little bit heated, not that much. And we're just talking about positions on doping. Here's my, here's my thing. They, it's crazy how many people do it. It's somewhere in the 90th percentile. And in that article... The guy who is her coach verifies that. And he says, I have stopped trying to mitigate that because it's, it's beyond my control. I can't do it anymore. People are going to do what they're going to do, and I can't control it. Um, and we just we try to manage it the best way that we can. And, and so you just have to come to an understanding about sports, and it's more on the fan. I think than it is on anyone else that you just have to come to an understanding that it's it's the way of the world, and there are there are a lot of factors that go into it. Not the least of which is that the bureaucratic factors that I was just talking about, because again, if you recall, a couple of years ago when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in the run up to that, they were accusing Ray Lewis of using deer antler velvet, and I investigated that at the time. It's like it was a mouse spray. And they have this policy where they're like, it's absolutely banned. And again, with the NFL and the inconsistency of Roger Goodell, they didn't ban it by their policy. Joel, they should have fucking banned him from that Super Bowl, okay? But here's the but it also shouldn't have been
0: a banned substance in the first place. It shouldn't have been a banned substance in the first place for these reasons because they
1: make policy decisions that are that that create an internal hyperbole about a substance in the policy. That is divorced from science. The science says you have to take so much of that shit to get a fucking benefit that it's almost impossible to find a distillation of that product at the level that you need in order to get a benefit from it. So basically, you're just taking a fucking placebo. And that's where
0: where my point of view comes on doping. And I kind of just sometimes sort of snarkily say I just want everyone to take drugs and everyone to dope. And that is my position. But... I want it to be regulated with scientific
1: research and data, right? And and for that scientific and, research and data to be fair in the policies. That well, they I use, want
0: I want people I want, uh, you know, uh, performing enhancing drugs, to make sports better, you know, and to make, and to keep athletes healthy, right? I mean, you you and I both watched the Bill Simmons show last night with Ricky Williams, you you know, famously drafted and traded to the Saints um, for a shit ton of picks by Mike Ditka. Um, And he is a weed user. And while he had to hide from using marijuana during his career, which is now legally in 20-some-odd states, um, they were giving him drugs daily that were ruining his kidneys and livers. Um, And... It's, so there's just a, there's a lot of hypocrisy in it, you know. And, no,
1: and no, and and nobody is saying that weed is a performance-enhancing drug in the NFL. It's, they, it's, but it's, it's on, on the, the illegal list. Though. It's on the illegal list, right? For no other reason other than we just are stuck in a 1950s world of thinking about marijuana.
0: But I, you know, and, I, I would love for guys to be like, oh, look, I either want it totally regulated with complete scientific research and here is what we allow you to do and let's make it a level playing field the way that we know the third base line on a baseball field is in or out you know on a grounder i want to have that kind of clarity and objectivity sure. with performing enhancing drugs and growth and 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 not just enhancing drugs but also recovery drugs cuz so i think that's really where sports have fallen short, sports leagues have fallen short in helping the people that raise revenue for their teams have failed them in terms of physical recovery because they are have this hypocritical thing where they just want to call someone a cheater if they're taking anything to advance their recovery or performance. I would like performances to be as best as they can as long as it's not hurting them, the athlete and I would like the recovery time to be better, recovery for athletes so that athletes can play longer and so that when they leave the sport, they're not as damaged.
1: And look, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because I, I just think that in so many of these sports, there needs to be more, a, a, almost an emergency level conversation about exactly that, where science can be put on the table again because... With all the banning that's taking place, you're just creating a black market. And whenever you have a black market, the substances themselves can't be verified in terms of where they're coming from. You're going to create black market laboratories that are going to synthesize these products. And then they can be tremendously damaging as well. So if we're talking about making things better for athletes, it's going to be about, look, let's really closely analyze this and not take – things off the table from doctors that are actually are available. Now, that being said, the second part of it is that policy has to match the science. And that's a big part of fucking where the shit is fucked up right now, because right. people are, uh, there are people out there that are massively cheating, and there are people out there that are doing what most people do, <laughs> you know, taking a few things here and there at a certain level, which is where I think most people are. On, on that spectrum, and that's that's kind of like my own little determination. And in the absence of re- any real evidence, other than somebody like Lance Armstrong, there are other people, and these are the people that I condemn. Because you just have to get to a place in your mind where you understand that some of this shit. Yet you have to understand it more inti- intimately, or else you're just never going to like sports again. That there are people who are super dopers, and super dopers to me are people who are fucking. They are. They are the gaming the system constantly. Well that's that's and why that's, I want
0: regulation. So there's a difference between super dopers and dopers and
1: yeah, and, exactly. Know. Exactly. I I don't even think that you know dopers it just shouldn't apply because here's I mean, the truth. The the other part where the rubber meets the road is this is that the policies are known. Ricky Williams was talking about this last night on on Simmons that he was the only guy in the NFL because of weed that actually had a random drug test policy. Put on him, but it wasn't even randomized. He sat there and told us that he was like, it was every two weeks. So he knew when it was coming. So he knew that he could do his mitigating measures after he fell off the bus with Willie Nelson because Willie Nelson got him so fucking high.
0: Well, that was the first part of his career. Then at some point in his career, after he had like two strikes or whatever it was, he had to tell the NFL and inform the NFL where he was every moment of the day and be prepared to do a drug test within four hours notice.
1: And here's this like liberal minded guy. This is what he's getting nailed to the wall for. Here's a guy who's like telling you that as a young man, he's like, I'd go home, smoke weed and do yoga. That was my physical regimen. And he's telling you how he wants to preserve his body. He said,
0: and uh, he, he also said this, the, 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 the pain medication and recovery medication that was legal And they were handing to us as players that fucked up my kidneys and my liver and it gave me digestive problems. I stopped taking that as long as I could. And I did meditation, yoga, and weed instead.
1: And then he's he's the one that gets vilified. I know. He's the one that gets vilified. While while
0: there's like Phil Simms on a broadcast fucking network is saying they're probably giving him some uh, painkiller injections right now at halftime. I'm like, what the fuck is that?
1: I what know. Do do? I, I, what
0: is that?
1: Well, there's this absolute rejection of anything that has the patina well, of like liberalism sense, or anything like just stretching well, and doing some fuck, things that are just weird. Fuck you know, I, and yeah, I agree with that, man. I mean, if the guy doesn't want to take pills, then he shouldn't have to take pills. And they're going to look down on him and say, like, well, you know, I mean, it's just another layer to what makes all of it. So, and, and look, you're not talking about a performance-enhancing drug. You're just talking about a ban, something that's on the banned substances well, exactly. list, period. Exactly. And, but what I'm talking about, just getting back to super-dopers, is people who, there are, these sports, have timelines for when... The testing takes place and the trainers and the athletes know when the testing is coming down the pipe and they know how far ahead of time they can push it with any given substance that they have. What the other substances that they can use in order to mask that substance are and how long it takes to get those substances and to use other substances that might not even be known to get those substances out of their system so that they can pass. And if you think that that's not going on, then you just don't know sports because that is happening every fucking day with a lot of people. And that's, if you watch the Lance Armstrong documentary, there's been many, but the really comprehensive one where they interview all of these people who were in his inner circle, that was the game. I mean, the game is laid out, like, really, really intensely, and you understand exactly what's going on. It's like, I have 24 hours to take this substance, then I have to have a blood transfusion. That blood transfusion happens. (sighs) Then I'm okay, and I can test, and I won't test for any fucking drugs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally.
1: And I I know that there are other, you know, and, and for me, the litmus test is this. It's like, it's the Roger Clemens litmus test. It's like look at the entire history of the sport. If a certain person reaches a certain age, and their graph starts going up instead of down, where it just normally goes naturally, that has to be to me like I, you have to just, you have to you have to just be suspicious. I just don't have a problem that, that could with be it. some super doping. I just don't have know? a problem with any of it.
0: I mean, here's the and thing. that's where you and I differ. I know. And know. I mean, two things. First, like we should put a header on the front of this podcast and tell people if they want to play a drinking game that you drink every time <laughs> you or I say the word substance. <laughs> that would be fun for people, I think. <laughs> um, and then secondly, I mean, I either want it to be completely regulated, as I said before, or completely unregulated, but legal and transparent. Like it would be fun for me to actually see a dude smoking weed on the bench at the NBA game or... Usain Bolt doing a fucking line, a rail of cocaine right before me. It's about to lay down his <laughs> 100 meters. Like, that's the world I want to live in. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to like, live in this murky fucking world where we all kind of understand cheating is going on and we really don't know and half the people are fucking, more than half, are naive as fuck about it and the leagues have their head up their asses and they're just, look, we all know, like, from baseball, we just know that people fucking are cheating on drugs. I don't even, I don't even want it to be cheating. I just want it to be like using substances or using it's like drinking fucking water to me. I don't care. I mean, if it's the regulated portion, the option where it's regulated, then I want to make sure that Health is a consideration for the
1: players. But here's my point. Here's my point in in, in terms of that. Look, it all started in the United States after the baseball strike. And, and, I mean, years ago. Because I was I was like you want to look at the difference between the players just look at what was happening in baseball when b- it went b- down. B- b- the baseball strike happened and then everybody got big after that because Jeff, nobody wanted to watch baseball in the baseball 70s everyone anymore. was
0: doing cocaine and, and I, I get all that
1: I get all that so but it's here's like, it, thing. Wasn't like geez, the, it wasn't like wasn't like doping it was, wasn't
0: happening before No
1: I know but I mean it's questionable whether or not you know the I mean yes does it enhance you yes right okay but these are at, probably least probably at least
0: things that at least these the are things
1: that we than. can talk about that you know are like making guys fucking huge I know because but, that's what happened afterwards.
0: No, it, it is, but it also made but guys. We gotta, know, gotta we let know. me
1: finish my point. All right, my yeah. point was this: is that it's the league that made that happen. They gave a wink and a nod to the players that it was okay for them to do that because they wanted more home runs. That was what they did. That's when they expanded baseball into Colorado well, because had, they knew yeah, that that yeah, was going it was gonna result in more home runs. Yeah. And it was the whole thing was changing the rules so that more home runs would happen to amplify the excitement of baseball because viewership was on the decline. And I'll say
0: that was the only summer I've ever watched baseball in my entire life. Well,
1: there you go. Right. And it resulted in the <laughs> think, fucking, know, they got the results they wanted. Yeah. They did. Yeah. And I you remember, and, I remember and,
0: it, was and, a, it was appointment television when Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire was playing in August, not October, in August –
1: you know, hung out know. with friends and you and, went and, to
0: a bar and you watched one of those two teams play. So,
1: I and feel if, you like watch, if you watch these networks, like, I mean, far be it for anybody to fucking say anything about, like, the powers that be that govern uh, baseball or any one of these large leagues because so much money flows through them. To say anything critical about those men that are managing that sport and that they are complicit in this arrangement, you know, you don't have to have. You can have so, rules well, until you're fucking – you can have rules until you're blue in the face if you don't enforce that's them. That's why I think and, that
0: Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame.
1: I don't that have right? any problem Without with that question. at all.
0: They should all because, be in the
1: Hall of Fame. I know. And, and, and here's my thing. It it's like the
0: stats. Because if you don't judge it on the stats, baseball writers of a fucking America, you fucking douche tools.
1: You're well, fucking I, douche tools. And I if just if you, know this. If We're if never going to wind up in a world –
0: Because we don't know – who did what in what era? You know, we, we, we Exactly, we don't you know, because of societal right. fucking. Yeah, you, know, you the, don't. Know like, that. you can't. You just look at the goddamn stats and put them in based on the stats, please.
1: <laughs> you can't. You can't know that. That's true. You just. You just simply can't. Don't and... know
0: who did what. You just don't.
1: Well, and and half of the problem could have been that like nobody at the top of baseball wanted that scandal well, through emails then, or other things to be traced back to them. Well,
0: that's and then, yeah, that's my point. And uh, you can't just you can't just blame it on the players because the leagues were complicit.
1: And and not only yeah, I, they were. I mean that that part is so obvious to me that it's not even worth a debate because you can just look at the body types before a strike, and after the strike, and you see the difference, and boom, end of story.
0: Everyone knew, look, everybody knew in the 70s and early 80s, according to Lenny Dykstra, that everyone was doing amphetamines. The coaches knew it, the managers knew it, the owners knew it, baseball knew it. And I know we're talking about two different types of doping, but I can tell you, I perform a lot better on the athletic field when I'm high on amphetamines, a lot better. It is a performance enhancing drug, be it cocaine or like Adderall or whatever.
1: Well, I just know this that we're never going to wind up in a place, even though I appreciate the entertainment value of the vision that you have for a completely unregulated drug uh, taking bizarre. I prefer for regulated. Just for the and record, was...
0: I would prefer regulated. But if we can't have that, I'll take I, it.
1: All, <laughs> I'm, all, I, all I'm saying is like the, the way forward has got to close some of those gaps. Right. At some point, because there is legitimate cheating going on that has to be addressed on some level. You have to decide where that where the line is on that. And there are other the other parts of it is that people are getting improperly indicted like this woman just did. Exactly. for Four things. That they were unaware of, and it's happening all the time. And you she's having a
0: finger waved at her in the pool by a nineteen-year-old fucking kid.
1: <laughs> Some bratty a, fucking American. And she's nineteen for crying out loud. Is she? It's the yeah. Russian? She's they're just Jesus. young girl They're young women for crying God out loud. God damn it. And it's just, I mean, it it creates a stigma. If it wasn't stigmatizing enough that she's had her hometown bombed by the people that she's supposed to be representing and bringing glory back to right it's i mean how gut-wrenching is that i mean she who knows i mean given the chance she might want to defect and swim for the americans for crying out loud and the guy the guy pointed out too not in trouble nobody was finger wagging at in in 2012 there was an, an american swimmer that got tested positive for some banned substances as well, or it was in 08 or in, in 12. In that same article, and nobody did that from the American team. So the self-righteousness and the moral indignation coming from Americans is always a bad idea from on every level, because it just registers as ugly because of who we are. You, know, the, you, you need, I think, you know, to be extra gracious and generous when you're from the United States, because of the place that we occupy in the world and because of the dominance in in sporting. so
0: That's a novel idea, Jeff, that we should be a little bit nicer because of our place in the fucking world. Yeah. I mean, mean, just try to be... That's how the world... That's When I walk... When I travel, that's how I feel.
1: Well, and then the other part of me is this, is that anytime somebody's like a fucking moral crusader and saying the kinds of things that King said, I suspect them immediately because people who crusade always have a dark side that's been my experience dude the people
0: yeah like fucking guy the guy who shot harvey milk hated gays and was a closeted gay and shot up harvey milk in the mayor.
1: yeah i i I, wouldn't surprise me at all if king was just a person who was like better at gaming the system sure and i i you know and the and the russian swimmer fanova i think is her name anyway whatever that you know that that she was something and it just seems verified that by happenstance she became the the victim of this bureaucracy that's constantly changing and that applies science incorrectly to policy and so you're getting fucked
0: yeah you put i mean you from, can put her look i want to do how about a panel with her ricky williams and let's find three other athletes who just got fucked by the system.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I would add maybe Sharapova to it because I believe her when she says, I don't fucking know. is that stuff. It was. Oh, God. I I mean, it's... Wow. She's not even, like... She's
0: not even trying to be that competitive anymore. You know what I mean? She's (laughs) competing, (laughs) but it's not like she has a legacy like Serena does on the line or like a Federer. She's not... She wasn't at a point in her career when she got... "Quote unquote," busted, that she had any kind of legacy, or she was even, even she was marginalized at that point competitively, you know.
1: I'm gonna have to read more about that whole story because I would like to hear more of her side of things. But anyway, that's 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 really all I have to say about that, you know, in in, in terms of Olympics and and whatnot. I mean, sometimes I watch these races. And I and I just wonder. I even I wonder about all of them, you know. And I don't sit there Jeff, and, and judge. And 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 I just go, I don't maybe, you know, because I mean, a lot of times when, you know, the United States produces like these athletes that are so good over and over, over, and, over, and, over again, and over again. You got to wonder. It,
0: well, and there's so much on the line for athletes in terms of, um, you know, was, uh, the baseball. We got thing. the we not, we got I'm the a, best dope. The baseball you know, thing. In the world. It's like if you're. If you're two for four every night versus one for four, it changes your life, right? At for, out of the four at bats, if you get on base twice versus once, your life is completely changed in terms of financial security, right?
1: Right. And yeah.
0: you don't think people are going to try and give themselves an advantage? I mean. And I I've, I've told you this before and I'll just say this like I I'm a rec- No, I do I've think been, that. Gentlemen. I've been recreationally competitive in my life. So I've run some races, I played competitive ultimate disc on a traveling team um, and I doped, you know, and I didn't even have any money on the line, you know? And when I say doped, I just mean I took shit that I think would make me perform better because I have pride and ego, and I want to feel myself perform at my body's highest level, and that was unregulated, you know. I mean, we did have a doctor on the dude
1: Joel. Nobody fucking tested anybody in high school. Nobody. And and I'm telling you right now, man, that and I told you this when we were arguing the other day. I'm like, God damn it, Joel! If I'd have just taken something here and there. As a swimmer I it probably would have been number 1.
0: Look man, the best in Louisiana. The, the best I've ever performed was in an ultimate tournament on a traveling team when I was like 23 years old and the best performance I've had athletically in my life. And I played sports growing up. Um I took this is going to sound fucking completely stupid because it is. I took and we had this like team pseudo doctor And it was the second day. Like I performed really well the first day, but like Ricky Williams said last night, it's like you wake up the next day and you're like, you can't fucking move, right? After the type of endurance that you go through and the things your body goes through and you can't move the next day. And that's how I felt waking up. So we had day two of the tournament and we were vastly outperforming expectations as a team. You know, we were the underdogs. We weren't even supposed to make it to the second day of the tournament. And I took, like, a quarter hit of LSD and a half of Vicodin before each game, times, like, four games. You know, and I played yeah. really, really, no. really,
1: really well. And you look, know? man, you hear, you hear that all the time. And, and I just, you know, just thinking back on it, now I'm starting to have regrets <laughs> about in this weird it. way. Where I'm like, because <laughs> I finished sixth in state when I was in eighth grade Jesus for Christ, crying Jeff. out loud, you know? And I'm like, I if I would have taken something between 8th and ninth grade, I probably would have been number one in ninth grade. But I was right. so naive. Right. I just was totally fucking naive of that shit. Well, and I know that there age. were people you're, around you're me. I know it.
0: I know it. You're supposed to be naive at that age.
1: I know, but some kids aren't, you know, because they're in a system and they have these crazy fucking parents, man, who are like, you know, just driving them to be the best and stuff. And maybe they're like better than actually what their natural talent uh allows for and right. those that's where the fucking dope shit comes in at a young age because right? like the parents don't even fucking care they go out and get it you know they're like fuck it it's like you know they, i mean you know that it's, it's just like little league baseball or something like that there's always like three or four super angry fucking dudes that are out there that want whose kids are friends and whose kids ultimately get embarrassed and start crying because the two parents get into a fist fight.
0: And then, yeah, one of the parents is like, uh, "I know you're a little too young to drink coffee, but you know I think you'll be more focused if you do." And that's totally, just where it, that's how it starts.
1: Don't, that's how it starts, right? <laughs> you know?
0: Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, drink. Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough electrolytes? That's how it starts. What are you intaking? What is your food? Of yeah. course, a natural extension of what everyone. Every naive person, like my mom, who just thinks that athletes drink water and eat good food, the natural extension of that is to what else can I put into my body that will make me perform better? It's just exactly. a natural instinct to do it as an athlete, and then you take that and make a system out of it. You know, no, where know. the athletes aren't even in control oh of it. I mean, right. come on! I mean, it's right. naive. It's so naive to think that it just isn't completely widespread, and everyone does it.
1: It, it is, and it's, it's verified by the guy. Who else is going to fucking know better than this coach, man? He's coached a handful of the best swimmers in the, in the world in the last 25 years, and he's talking openly. That's the guy I want to talk to in how the about documentary. Your, how about he's your... speaking openly about the fact that he's like, I just stopped trying, guys. Look at me in the face when I'm telling you in my eyeballs to your eyeballs. I, I'm, I don't try anymore because it's fucking impossible he's like it's in the 90th percentile okay everybody get that exactly. good all right i'm going back to being a coach now <laughs> <what> I do? <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know i mean that was uh, what else do you need to know if somebody comes out and says it openly as a coach who has all the reason in the world joel from a public relations standpoint to fucking anything. lie <laughs> exactly you know what I mean? It's like when that dude comes forward and says it, you know what the fuck, that well, it's true. at
0: that point, he's like in,
1: in shoulder shrug mode. He's just like, dude. Because <laughs> he's like, I've been shit, answering this question this for this 15 years, time. man, and nobody <laughs> wants to fucking listen to me. Right. For crying out loud. It's just like, come on. And he went to the defense of her. He's like, the picture that they're painting of Fnova and, and – I'm, I hope I'm saying her name, right? I'm, I'm and not the, sure. And,
0: and, and, the, and NBC. and
1: he's like, this woman so is so person. kind and yeah. sweet and nice and shy in her own right that if you if you met her, they're just you <laughs> you just you'd feel foolish about the kinds of things that you're saying about this athlete at this point. Just would
0: that's really unfortunate. and in this like in the media age that we live in, not not just social media, the twenty four hour news cycle. It sucks, you know, that she has to hear all this shit from so many people behind broadcast news desks, you know, talking shit about something that they don't, they know nothing about. Right. It's really a drag.
1: And she said in her broken English, she's like, I thought Olympics was where we set aside all the war and we'd come together and have peace. And you just hear it, and it breaks your heart, because... Well, it does. I,
0: and, and, I'm, and, like, it,
1: I'm like, it, she won a silver medal, and she got beaten fair and square by this American chick, and it's like, she was cleared to fucking swim, man. Right, God, right, don't right. give her any extra grief, and look, man. And, 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 why,
0: and look, there, you can be both patriotic, and I know I've said a couple times on this podcast that like, we're crushing the Chinese and the Russians and the blah, blah, blah. I just mean like competitively, we're doing well. You know, and and I, I you, what that sentiment is true. The Olympics are a time when we we are the most tolerant of one another as a human species. You know what I mean? It, it, it is yeah. The we can be
1: competitive and we can be sportsmanlike at the right. same time. You
0: right. don't have And be, we no. can acknowledge that everyone deserves <laughs> a seat at the table. That's even that's a big part of it to me. It's like. Everyone belongs here. You know? You know what I find kind of... If you you ran fast enough, if you swam fast enough, if you jumped higher long enough, I don't care where the fuck you came from, you deserve a place here at this Olympiad. You know? Sure. And that gets lost in whatever this fucking Trump
1: dominated election cycle. I I know, I know, know, right? I I don't, I just, it's like, come on man, be be a little bit more classy. I think it's funny that like it was two. all this explodes out of two women from different countries that are, you know, because of what this king did. And then you watch sports like wrestling and you know, some, Hungarian guy just stomps down some American corn fed dude from Oklahoma or something like that. And then the Hungarian, at the end of it, these two guys have been engaged in this violent grappling battle that they've, both of them have been waiting for, for four years, maybe, you know, maybe they've wrestled each other a couple other times, right? They know each other's strengths. They know each other's weaknesses. You're talking about the top of the top.
0: They've yeah. had each other. This was like, what's his name? And uh, the great 80s movie. <laughs> God damn it. Your boy. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm the, totally stealing your mind. Matthew Bodine? Here. The yes. wrestling movie? Yes.
1: The wrestling uh, movie. What was his right. name? Because
0: he had him on his calendar. He's like, that's my guy that I got to take down.
1: Right, um, right. And he did it. I remember he,
0: that. God, that's a great But
1: movie. But, he, but here's, here's my point. It's like. These guys are engaged in combat, basically. Right. And they're grappling. It's the most violent kind of thing in a way. And it's unambiguous. It's like you got pinned, dude, and that's it. And three times and you get pinned and you're done. See, that's why I like and the You lose, guy. you fucking lose. And I know I like what you're that. saying. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, that it's unambiguous, the right? The
0: winner.
1: Yeah. But when it's over, they get up and they're more kind to each other than the swimmers are. And then <laughs> like and the Hungarian guy's like, yeah, I've been taking a uh, little sub since they give us. And the American guy's got like, really? Because he feels a little bit stronger. He like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, maybe I'll give you something after, okay? The American guy's like, yeah, fucking hey, <laughs> <it, sure, laughs> man, sure. He's like, fun. I want you to be best, too, you know? I want to fight best fighter, you know? <laughs>
0: it's like, oh, It was Vision Quest, and the guy that he yes. wrestled was Shoot. His name was Shoot. Shoot. The guy who wrestled.
1: Shoot. Just the, the idea of Matthew Modine as a wrestler is an absurd concept. I don't know who came that up with that. That could
0: only come out of the 80s.
1: Like... It could only come out of the 80s that a guy who played a, 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 a mute human being who acted like a bird in Birdie could also be a wrestler <laughs> exactly. in Vision Quest.
0: Exactly. It's and, ridiculous. And like, be growing up without parents and have sex with a woman in her, her 30s
1: but also that he channeled native american spirituality in order to become the better wrestler which right. is what the vision quest harkens to exactly which is it's just goddamn it. it's so fucking disgusting. 80s man
0: <laughs> it's kind of a not disgusting kind of offensive
1: hey man you want to take a break after that it's yeah. pretty uh, pretty good long segment there yeah, folks thanks, really thanks for tuning in All i right. still don't know what to say at that point because you're not actually tuning in and i don't want to say clicking in because it's not really clicking.
0: Listening in. Either.
1: Listening in, thank you. Thank you.
0: Listen at okay. any time. Rewind, start the podcast over, listen to it a second time and drink every time we say substance.
1: And this this may be the last segment that we do today. I'm not sure if we're going to do another one. We're going to decide after we sign off, which yep. we're going to do right now, folks. It's Jeff and Joel's It's a goodlifebabe.com. Tales from New Orleans and other sundry stories. All right, y'all.